0: Okay. TMG Podcast in three, two. Hello, everybody, and Merry Christmas to all you folks out there. This is Tony Barnhart, and welcome back to the weekly TMG Podcast Championship Edition. The pairings are now out for the football, college football playoff. Before we get started, I want to thank our sponsor, APBA Appa. The unchallenged king of realistic, high-quality sports simulation products, and as always, we want to thank David at Revelation Studios in uh, lovely Mansfield, Texas. We could not be without him. Uh, do do this all this stuff without him pulling it together. So let's call the roll. Make sure everybody's here and accounted for. Out of Cicuit, Mass, where they got just a dusting of snow last week. Mr. Mark Lashin. <laughs> Mr. No more than
1: a foot,
0: Tony. Nothing, nothing <laughs> Only a foot, huh? All right. Very good, sir. Out of the wind the city of Chicago, we have Mr. Herb Gould. Mr. Gould, you with us? I am right here and ready to roll. And in New Jersey, where he is beloved by all, Mr. Tom Lucci. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Lucci, how much snow did you get last week? Uh, actually, we weren't hit too bad. Some places got,
2: you know, two feet. We got about six or seven inches, and we're in the thaw now. So it's nice. It's
0: about 48 degrees today. So, oh my it's goodness. A lot of water. A virtual heat wave. Well, yeah. you know, gentlemen, the, the the college football pairings for the, for the playoffs were announced yesterday along with the, with the rankings and all that. And normally we'd be meeting here today and talking about the fact that we've got a month before the college football playoffs start. Well, guess what? Because of the expanded season, pushback, everything, January 1st is a week from Friday. And we're going to have the college football playoffs then. Uh, everybody remembers the game. Our, the games are number one Alabama versus number four Notre Dame. That's going to be played in Arlington, Texas. And at the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans, it's going to be number two Clemson versus number three Ohio State. A lot of debate about that. Let's start here with Mark Blushen. When When the committee had done its work, Mark, it came out Alabama one, Clemson two, Ohio State three and Notre Dame four. Did you have any problem with those four teams and the order in which they were seated?
1: Not really, Tony. I mean, I I think the argument was Ohio Ohio State and AM and and AM should have gotten in there over, over Ohio State, which played half a season. And that debate will go on and on and will never get settled. But I but I could I could see the point for Ohio State. I mean I, I saw A and M's viewpoint, although I think it weakens a little bit when you look at the quality of wins that Ohio A and M had it's not much better than, than Ohio State. It might be even be worse than than, uh, than than Ohio State. So I can see that that argument as well.
0: Herb Gould, you follow Notre Dame very carefully. They get they get it handed to them pretty good in the rematch with Clemson in the ACC championship game. Was there any concern on your part that Notre Dame would drop out of the top four?
3: Well, it was a remote possibility, you know, because of the optics of of getting beat that bad in the championship game. I I think uh, I saw something that this was the first team that had lost a conference championship game and got into the into the playoff. Not really because it is Notre Dame, and let's face it, brand identification matters, and and also important, maybe more important, Notre Dame had a really good season. Uh, the timing of the loss was not good. But they did beat Clemson even without Trevor Lawrence. Uh, you know they had a good win over North Carolina. I mean they were unbeaten. They they answered every challenge. So you know again, I think the one positive that I'm seeing is I'm hearing more and more of a clamor that we need to get conference champions into the playoff, and then you'll have a couple of at larges, and then a lot. You know we can start playing these games instead of debating who should be in and who should be out.
0: Well, that is that is a topic I want to bring up in just a little bit. But for right now, Tom Lucy, were you fine with those four teams, or the and the order in which they were uh, voted in?
2: Yeah, I was. I I, I wasn't uh, a fan of the Notre Dame, Texas A&M argument only because, um, you know, upon further review, uh, the, the, the outside of Florida, the, the 17 Texas A&M beat went 22 and 48 they, they uh, forty twenty two and forty seven be two teams with with uh, winning records besides Florida, right. And their loss, their one loss was technically by a larger margin than Notre Dames. and Notre Dame has the best signature win in the country of the number one team in the country. Mm. So I wasn't that didn't bother me. Cincinnati got not getting a sniff bothered me a little bit, but uh, I don't I, I think this was inevitable. we We saw this coming. Uh, this is why the ACC manipulated things the way they did. They got exactly what they wanted. Yep. Um, so, I, no, I'm not surprised. I have no problem with it.
0: Rose Bowl, another We We talked about this last week, guys, the fact that uh, there was some discussion about playing one of the semifinals in the Rose Bowl. That has been the plan. Uh, we've all talked about it together. We talked about it privately. And then Saturday night, the word came. I mean, what what happened, for everybody who doesn't know, what happened was is that the Rose Bowl asked for a waiver of the California law. The California law says you can't have sporting events with fans. You just can't. And they asked to make an exception for family members only. We remember that Notre Dame coach Brian Kelly said, well, you know, if families can't come, I don't know that we're going to be there. I'm not sure how serious a threat that was. But the bottom line is Saturday night, the CFP announced, right after they got the permission from Mark Blauschen, the College Football Playoff Association (laughs) announced that they would indeed be moving the Rose Bowl to – Arlington, Texas, and Jerry World, and be playing on July one. Uh, let me ask about that, Mark Glass. And you, you called it from the very beginning that that it was. It, first of all, it was going to happen, and number two, it had to happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, California is basically a state under siege. You can barely go out. You can't go to any, any place. It would, would not have been a fun trip for anybody. Uh, including I mean, the players and or any of the fans, if, if there were any. And then once they, they had the restrictions of no fans, it became pretty obvious where you're going to play the game. And Jerry's World in Dallas was, was, was pretty easy. It was a pretty easy call. I mean, they might have a seller crowd and a general one for all. I know where way the Texas laws go. No, there might be any kind of
0: people there. The the Texas counts, Absolutely. which hey here's a question i got guys and i don't know the answer to it but originally when this was being discussed it was going to say yeah you can move the game to arlington texas but you can't call it the rose bowl but but on sunday when the pairings announced and everything we've seen they have listed it as the rose bowl now they moved the rose bowl in 1941 to the east coast and moved it to duke university because of pearl harbor and world war ii Uh, are they still going to be able to call this thing, the Rose bowl in Arlington, Texas? I mean, what do you think Herb?
3: You know, I didn't hear, I know that was being discussed and I think they needed to have that cleared. Uh, You know, to me, it isn't a big deal one way or another. I mean, I sort of, you know, I I mean, I could see the advantage for the Rose bowl to at least have their name out there. Uh, You know, I think, I just don't really have a big, strong thought about it. It's just bizarre that I would think you just take the name off if it's not in Pasadena, but if they want to keep it, keep it.
1: All right. I know the answer to that, Tony. I know, I know the answer to that question is the Rose Bowl agreed to it as as long as they didn't they, they got uh, compensated for, for having a name. So what the, the Jaris Wald and, and, and the college football uh, people had to do was find a corporate sponsor put the put it on the rose Bowl which they the Rose Bowl wouldn't pay for so they put, they found I think capital one so I think it's gonna be called the capital one Rose Bowl got when, it when it's promoted so so cap it was a capital one Rose Bowl is, is how it's going to be uh, uh promoted during the week and, that, and that's not a rose Bowl it keeps its identity doesn't make it doesn't pay you any money but it, but it also gets the the, the rose Bowl recognition it remains intact that's think.
0: gotcha Gotcha. Gotcha. uh one of the one of the other instances interesting things guys uh, was that we all assumed or I I assumed that if Alabama was the number one seed they were going to play in the Sugar Bowl which is where they've traditionally always played. However, we come to find out that rules in New Orleans were only going to allow 3,000 fans for the Sugar Bowl whereas the newly minted Rose Bowl in Texas Texas law allows them to have 16,000 fans, and that's why Alabama and Notre Dame are playing in Arlington, Texas, uh, rather than the uh, Sugar Bowl, which is what they normally do. Just, just sort of found that, found that kind of interesting uh, that that number of fans could get in there. Tom Lucci, I'll put it to you. You've seen these two teams play. Is this a monster blowout by Alabama? Well, be- before the weekend, I would have said
2: yes, Tony after watching uh, Alabama's defense against Florida. And listen, I I think Kyle Trask is terrific. He's had an unbelievable year. There's no question. I mean, he's been consistent all year. It's not a fluke when he throws for 400 yards and three or four or five touchdowns. I get all that. But this was very disappointing to me that this this is a one-dimensional offense that Alabama struggled with. Now, I don't know if they were reluctant to blitz, I, you know, I don't know why they couldn't get pressure on, on Trask as much more than they did. So normally I would say, yes, um, this would be a blowout until I saw that game. Now I'm thinking, well, Notre Dame's a little more two dimensional. They can run the ball. They do have a quarterback who's, who's competent as long as they're not bearing down on them the way Clemson was in that game. Uh, so I still think I'm still leaning towards Alabama. I guess the, the odds makers are too. It looks like Alabama's about a 20 point favorite. Yeah. So, and knowing Notre Dame's history in big games, yeah, I would say this is going to be a you know a pretty easy Alabama win.
0: Well, in the in the other semifinal game in the Sugar Bowl, you've got Clemson and Ohio State. Clemson, of course, won the ACC championship, beat Notre Dame uh, on on Saturday, avenged uh, their only loss. Uh, Ohio State, of course, played six games, won the Big Ten championship. But here's the thing that I want to talk about, guys. It's clear. That Dabo Sweeney and Ryan Day, the head coach at Ohio State, do not exchange Christmas cards every year. <laughs> uh, and, here's, and here's the thing: it came out today, the final version of the coaches poll. The, the only, the only coaches poll where the votes are released are right. the last one. And, and, the, and USA Today does a good job of combing through that. And lo and behold, we found that Dabo Sweeney. Did not vote Ohio State in the top five. They did not vote Ohio. He did not vote Ohio State in the top 10. No, boys and girls. Gabo Sweeney voted for the Ohio State Buckeyes at number 11. I think this might come up before the game. What do do you think, Blau?
1: (laughs) I I, I think it might be someone's locker room uh, right about, and every uh, player in the. I mean, in, in the locker room right now, I mean, you know, it's it's, it's that's again. I'm I'm baffled at why you want to why you would do that. I mean, I, it's just such a yeah. innocuous thing. Voting. I, I mean, whether that voted or not, I mean, is in question because now used to be the old joke was like that the SIDs would vote for the coaches, but I don't know who voted for them, and, and I don't think it was our buddy Tim Beret who was who, who, who was you know, the, Mr. Clemson for a long time. But that's just an an unbelievable. Uh, why would you want to do that? I, I just don't know. Man, I'll give you two
2: crazy. reasons why, First of all, he's been consistent all year. He's been saying that playing games matters. You know, so he held yes. to that belief, number one. Secondly, I don't think he cares. I think he well, cares. That's he's, true. That, he's that much better than Ohio State that it doesn't I, matter. Uh, that what that, that does. might be
1: a good point. I think you're right on that, Luce. I mean, you should, you know, I mean, pretty sure he's going to win the game.
0: What difference does it matter? But you never well, know. Well, here here's the thing that I gleaned from yesterday, guys. Uh, when it came to Ohio State, I, I was, you know, I talked about it last week. I didn't think just Ohio State should be in there with six with six games. Be that as it may, what we learned yesterday from talking to people is that the selection committee didn't care if Ohio State only played six games. The media didn't care if Ohio State played six games, but the coaches. Coaches care a lot. Uh, Brian Kelly got on there and was point blank about a team that only plays a limited number of games should not be in. So the, po- the point is we know, we know where the coaches come down on this. And this is the last thing that I'm going to say about it. If I'm Dabo Sweeney, I'm sitting there going, all right, I played 11 games and managed my team through 11 games. And here's this guy I'm going to play. And I've got injuries and the COVID and all that stuff. And here's the other guy, he gets to play against my team after having played in only six games. So I'm, I'm telling you, that, that resentment for the coaches is out there.
2: Not only that, Tony, but let's add in that the Big Ten has bent the rules for Ohio State.
0: Do, and they're going to do it again, right, Luke? Yeah, and they're, they're going, going
2: to do it again with the COVID protocols. So I think that kind of rubs a lot of people the, the wrong way. The six, just the six games plus the Big Ten doing what it did, bending over backwards to accommodate Ohio
0: State. Well, guys, let's let's be honest about this and disagree with me if, if you do. But the fact of the matter is from the day that Kevin Warren, August 11th, from the day that Kevin Warren announced that the Big Ten was pulling out, the blowback was immediate and the most serious blowback came from Ohio State. Why? Because they knew they had a team that was capable of winning the national championship. And when the decision was made to start playing on October 23rd. Everything the Big Ten has done since that day was to get Ohio State in that position. Am I wrong, Herb Gould?
3: No, I, I don't think so. I mean, I think that the, you know, the elephant in the room here is that this is a strange, strange year, and we don't really know yet whether it was a good decision to play a full slate of games or whether a shorter season you know, I, I think that, you know, the there were a lot of good intentions along with, you know, channeling it toward Ohio State. But we just don't know. I mean, I'm still in shock that that you you have California, which won't allow any fans, and you have Texas, which is – and many other states that are going to allow 16,000 fans. I, you know, there's just I, – I, the, the fact that we've got such a divergent set of opinions – Makes it hard for me to get down on anybody making a football decision when you've got a pandemic decision that looms much larger. But yeah, they definitely, you know, they they were trying to work with Ohio State. I mean, Nebraska was also very adamant about wanting to play. You know, it was a real confluence of of uh, of a situation here where you had a brand new commissioner. I mean, if Jim Delaney had been in place for another year, this would have been handled differently. You also had a situation where the Big Ten took the the hard edge at, in the basketball world in March and said, we're not playing. And they expected everybody to get in line with them with football, and they didn't. It was a horrible miscalculation. And so there was a lot of peelbacks. And yeah, they were trying to help Ohio State out, but. But they also, you know, I don't know what else they could have or would have or should have done.
0: Uh, Tom Lucci, can Ohio State beat Clemson? I don't think so based on what we've seen.
2: My My fear is for Alabama because I think Clemson kind of made a statement against Notre Dame that they're back to that peak level that mm-hmm. we expected them to be at. I, my, my issue with the Ohio State is this. They, they play, basically pay, played two solid opponents and they were – less than impressive in both games i mean sure they had a, a running back go for 332 but they were in a struggle with northwestern and they gave up almost, almost 500 yards passing against indiana at home you know in a seven point game so I, i'm not sure i've seen enough everybody's talking about the potential of this ohio state team i've seen justin quentes have um, you know uh, justin fields i'm sorry justin fields have mm-hmm. have some very mediocre games I don't know about you. I, I mean I, I you know the oh, game was a terrible game. And he was, and he had he was mediocre
0: ones ve- besides
3: that. He was very average on
0: Saturday. Know, yeah, I mean they out.
3: haven't the, I'll tell you what, one thing I've noticed, I mean, what, what the Big Ten passed off as a season, I mean, to your point, this was not a real football season in the Big Ten. I mean, you look at Wisconsin, uh, which basically, you know, they they were devastated by the, the can uh, pandemic sidelines. They never got out of the game. They looked really good for a game or two, and then looked just moribund after that. So, Ohio State, I agree that that potential we're not seeing you know, in comparison with what was talked about. And, and also, I'm not sure whether they're going to get Chris Olave back. I mean, they really missed him against Northwestern. I mean, that's a big play receiver, and if, if he's on the field uh, against Northwestern, that might have been a a much more convincing kind of a victory.
2: Well, you're right, but I mean, we we have the body of work is what we have, Herb, and and I just you, to your point, I just haven't seen it. The potential hasn't. Everybody's talking about Ohio State's potential. I just oh I yeah, I seen don't. It. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it would and be. By late. the way, we, Rutgers did make it through nine games, all nine games in the Big Ten this year. One of the few schools.
1: Yeah. And hey guys, well. here's, the, here's another thing to look out for. But, but uh, I think this is this is this is the coming. The one thing that that I you knowed yesterday. All the coaches, including Nick Saban, was he was going to allow his team to go home for thanks for, for Christmas for a few days. I don't think Notre Dame is, but I think Alabama was and Ohio State and and and, and you know and, and probably Clemson. But if that happens, if that happens, what happens? Right, say on Monday or Tuesday, they they get a bunch of positive uh, feedback on their players. Yeah. You, know, you didn't, hear, they didn't hear they're
2: sending all the medical staff on vacation next week. Nobody's going to be able to test. Yeah.
1: You
2: know. I mean, it's, mm. it's, it's the playoffs. If, what
1: I would do, if, 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 if I were Bill Hancock and, and 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 the CFP guys, what I would do is I would I would go to Congress and and use the Ari Fleischer influence on that committee and say to Congress, so said, all four of those teams get inoculations right now. from, from COVID. They they move to the confidence line, and every player on all four of those teams get the COVID get the COVID vaccine because I I think they got potential problems next week if if all of a sudden they come back and it's 12 guys that test positive next
3: Wednesday, two days before the game. Well, that would help, but the the COVID vaccine is not a light switch. You know, I mean, you I understand it, that, but your point, your point is well taken that they, I saw, I was thinking the same thing when I saw that, that Nick Saban was letting kids go home for the holidays. Uh, but yeah, the vaccine wouldn't even, you know, that wouldn't really no, sorry, solve I mean, that problem. It's, decision, I, yeah,
1: you really heard me, yeah. Yeah. But still, no. you know, um, and it's then the just, example of that was is that Oklahoma, Oklahoma in the preseason. I remember was 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 totally clean. And then Lincoln Riley let his team go home for three days during practice, and the next week he had he had ten guys that were positive, and we're out. I mean, I, that could happen. I mean, really, it's clear. a potential
2: nightmare. There's no question. It's a potential nightmare.
0: All right, let's 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 move on to a little bit. Any any of the any of the New Year's six bowls turn anybody on? I mean, what's uh, I mean, basically they they gave Texas A&M a consolation prize by letting them go to the orange bowl and play uh, North Carolina. What about, what about that game? Tom Lucci? Yeah,
2: um, yeah, I I think it's, you know, it's an interesting game from an offensive standpoint If Texas A&M can step it up a little bit because we know North Carolina certainly can. They're averaging almost 40 points a game uh, and they have two of the best running backs in the country, Javante Williams and Michael Carter. So, um, you know, is that going to be an offensive game or is AM's defense going to dictate, you know, things the way Notre Dame's defense did against North Carolina? That, that would be the big question. I, I you asked the question originally, what, intrig- I, I tell you what, I'm a little intrigued by Oklahoma, Florida. You know, you got yep. a red hot Oklahoma team and you got a Florida team that has suffered two straight agonizing losses. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how they bounce back. Obviously a very highly ranked Florida team that continues to lose and stays in the top 10. And an Oklahoma team that just shot up to the number six, you know, by by winning, uh, beating Iowa State. Um, apparently, Oklahoma's loss to Kansas State didn't matter early in the year, uh, so they're number six in the country ahead of Florida now. Uh,
0: oh, the the Georgia <laughs> the Georgia Cincinnati game in the Peach Bowl intrigues me because Cincinnati's made it clear that they've got something to prove. Georgia, Georgia's still going to lose some more guys who are not going to play in the in the bowl game. So I'm, I'm anxious to see the way the Cincinnati plays uh, after getting snubbed. Oh, which which that here's the perfect transition to that. Two things. I think Tom Lucci said this last week. If if they were ever going to put a Group of Five team in the playoffs, this was the year. The fact that it didn't happen, Tom Lucci said, "Why don't you just say it once and for all? You're never, ever getting in, right?" Tom Lucci.
2: That's correct. I mean, I mean, I think don't you think that the playoff selection committee uh, gave a pretty strong statement to the group of five and you know keep trying, but you're never getting in. You know, just look at the way all these group of five schools were ranked. unbeaten group of five schools were ranked and how uh, power five schools just vaulted over them. Never getting in ever. Now well, okay, let me let me amend that. If it goes to eight, they're getting in.
1: Yeah, well,
0: right.
2: that's, well, that's,
0: that's, just, that's more, minimal, Never, ever. Yeah, not Three, eight or four. Just they—they've got to expand to eight, and I think for the first time, more people. I'm one of them who was adamant about four, or at least willing to listen to the discussion about eight. But here's the thing about eight. When you, Mark Blasson, when you say eight, are you talking about five automatic conference winners? two at larges yes. and a guaranteed spot for the group of five. Is that what yes, you're talking that's about? That's what I'm talking okay. about. Yes, I am. That will be a hell of a fight. It will be a hell of a fight because there are people and, and uh, our good friend, Jim Delaney is gone from the big 10. Uh, if Jim Delaney were still here and still, he's still here, but he, if he was still the commissioner of the big 10 conference, he would not sign off on anything like this unless he was guaranteed a spot in the playoffs uh, for his conference champion, I just think there are a lot of people who don't like guaranteed spots because they think they think they they would benefit from it.
2: Well, well you know, that's right, right but we heard, but the real- we heard about how much the season matters, right? Yeah. And that's all they talked about, when they when they did their assessment, how the season matters. So conference champion obviously had the best season in that league. Now I, I, you can't count the Pac twelve, which has a North winner, a South winner, and a separate conference champion. Uh, you know, because they're just in a different world, but uh, for the most part, the only thing I would disagree with, I I don't like the automatic for the group of five, let them battle for one of the three at largest. The other thing is about eight, you're finally going to get some new teams in there. There'll be more of a chance for an upset early. I mean, right now, are we looking at any upsets to be honest with you? Aren't aren't we pretty much in agreement that Alabama is going to handle Notre Dame and that Clemson's probably going to beat Ohio state. Yep. So we well, have a chance it. today. We have a chance, at least, in some new faces. Otherwise, we're doing the same four teams every year. These are the same, probably the same four teams we could have set out August
1: first.
2: Right. But oh, the, the thing
1: about the, going going to eight guys, but the one thing it does guarantee that the group of five doesn't. The group of five technically has has a way of getting to into into, into the championship game because because they start out one versus eight, so they win two games, they're there. So. Right. right now they, they they have one shot they you, you make the final four or you, you know but now they're they're part of the whole process uh, at the start they, they are part of the process, which I think well, is a fair thing which i think is cool, okay for college football and Herbie wants a national tournament that will guarantee it
3: well yeah, yeah. and you know you also have i mean you, you Luch has a good point you know there might be a minimum standard for a group of eight you know if if they don't have a you know if if they don't have a, a team like a cincinnati or a or maybe a coastal Carolina this year then, yeah, they don't get that slot. Um, But you need to do this because, as as Tony mentioned at the top, the perception around the country now is that, you know, we we could pick out Alabama and Clemson every year. Why bother to play a season if you really are only trying to identify your national champion? I mean, the reason we have a season is because people love to watch and play football, and if you have conference champions automatically in, it gives, you know, even though the Pac-12, and this is a weird year, I wouldn't really, you know, use this as the example, although the Pac-12 has had bad, you know, kind of showings for the last several years. But you always let that Pac-12 team get in there, and then they're going to say, okay, you're in, but now you're going to play Alabama. So, you know, you, you you it makes the season better, and, and it's a, a step that I think is really much sooner coming than later. All right, but one thing to keep in mind, guys
0: is how do they structure the finances. Because if you're gonna let a group of five team in, will they be expecting a full share of the money? The answer is the when answer why don't you split it
2: equally eight ways? If they well, get in, they get a I'll,
0: share. I, I'm just saying I'm just saying the 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 guys in the in the big boy leagues that put this stuff together saying we're gonna let somebody come in from the outside, and they're going to get a full share of the money. Why? Why? They said, "Why would we do that?" Which, which lends credence to them you're not getting an automatic bid, but as Lucci says, fine, having the criteria to play the way in. So we well, will see.
2: One thing, Tony, you would think the money would be greater with yeah, Oh, oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So there would be a bigger pot to divvy up. So, so there's no, there's no and doubt. you was thinking most years, most years, even if you go to eight, I guarantee you. Power fives are occupying seven of those eight
0: spots. Oh, sure, absolutely. Oh, without question, I agree with you.
3: Yeah, That's yeah, true. and you know That's the true. other part. The other part about that is, and we've seen hints of it. If if they did go to eight, and and all of a sudden you know the money became a serious problem, which I don't think it would be. I mean, the, it, it wouldn't shock me if at some point there were you know four power leagues or, or five, you know, four to five power leagues, and then they just go and form their own little separate deal and they don't really deal with the uh, group of five leagues. You know, that could happen down the road. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: They do their same own separate organization. No way. Hey, let me, let me get to the, I don't want to, I want to make sure we cover this before we have to go today. And it's this. All right. I know the answer to this question now, but Mark Blash, you know, as much about the bowl, system as anybody i know you set up bowl games okay that's you so explain to me how in the wide wide world of sports that army is sitting here with nine at nine and two and has nowhere (laughs) to go how does that that that
1: happen one of the biggest that that that, that's a a multifaceted question but the, the basic the basic culprit in this is when the ncaa or the powerful whoever dean that under 500 was eligible for bowl for ball games this year that yep. opened that opened up the door to everybody which incredibly in your conference body that sec has has 12 or 14 teams playing well, or under 500. Yep. So LSU LSU. Playing, army's got yep. no problem there's yep. a spot for army but once 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 army which is scheduled to go to the, to the independence bowl to play a pac 12 team once the pac 12 team all bailed out because they, the players the players voted not to go, which I don't think happened in the SEC. I don't think a vote was taken about whether the players could could play or not. I and mean, I, I think once that happened, then then all the other bowls were locked up. They were closed bowls. They had commitments from SEC teams and other teams, so there was no spot open. So Army's out I mean right now, as we speak, is left out at nine and two. Yet you have six SEC teams, including you know two and two and two and two and seven uh, uh, South Carolina. It's 1-8. playing the ball game. Come on. Two eight.
2: Wait, you don't want to see two and eight South Carolina in the ball game ball? <laughs> Well, here, here, see, here. wait a minute. You don't want to see three and seven Tennessee in the ball game, even though they've lost uh, lost seven in the last
1: eight, only beating
2: Rowland right, yeah. Vanderbilt. I mean, you just, don't want to see it's them game?
0: Well,
1: yeah, but I mean but, I, I, but, I don't blame I don't blame the SEC. I mean, thank you, they did what they they ob- obligated the commitments to, to bowls. They have contracts. Get an SEC right. But this is ridiculous. They have contracts. I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous.
0: But here's, here is here yeah, here's the the, the issue is, uh, just from talking to some of the uh, people is that the the Pac-12 was obligated. They had an agreement to put a team right. in in that game to play Army. Army committed right. to the Independence Bowl way right. back yonder in September, uh, September early October. Okay, yep. and they and the, the Independence Bowl thought they had an agreement. Well, all of a sudden they look up at the possibility of having to play Army. And the triple option, and all of a sudden, all these teams start opting out. And that—that that is the, the SEC. I got a call from the SEC last night. said, hey, we don't have any choice in this. All right, We we have contracts that we have to honor. Now, if somebody wants to say we don't have to honor the contract, then fine. But Tony, the we have
2: contracts. Biggest travesty about 92 Army not being in, there's a military bowl
0: and there's an armed forces bowl. And not not playing right, and which which both I understand are going to get canceled if they haven't been already. So right. it is what a crazy, crazy, crazy year. So, all right, bottom line, give give it to me, guys. Who's going to win the national championship? Mark Blasch, Clemson,
3: Clemson,
0: hmm,
3: Herb Gould. Alabama, and, and I don't even think it'll be close. <laughs> ooh, ooh,
1: ooh, 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 Tom Lucci. Hey. There you go. Al- Alabama over Clemson
0: in an Alabama-Florida kind of game. That will be a wild one. Uh, I like, listen, I, I looked it up because somebody asked me. I gave my first talk, it was a Zoom talk, about the college football season in May. In May, I picked Alabama to win the national championship.
3: Went nothing, out on a limb, huh? Nothing. Well,
0: not, <laughs> somebody says, why do you pick that team? I said, because I think they're going to win. Yeah. Okay. okay? I pick the teams that are going to win. And though I normally am decent at picking the teams that are going to win, but I'm getting killed in my picks this year. But that's another story for another day, for crying out loud. Gentlemen, it has been a, an incredible year. I wish you all a Merry Christmas uh hope things will go well and we will we will certainly meet again before we get ready for these bowl games which are sneaking up on us so again thank you and again want to say merry christmas to everyone out there before we go we want to thank our sponsor yet again apa apba the unchallenged king of realistic high quality sports simulations want to thank david at revelation studios again for all of his hard work folks For Mark Blauschen, for Herb Gould, for Tom Lucci, I'm Tony Barnhart wishing you a Merry Christmas
3: and carry on.